the house of the screaming lady. Within the immediate vicinity of the stranger's cemetery, we find ourselves stood at the corner of Longy and Valangy roads, beneath a streetlight emitting an unwholesome and putrid corpse light that fails to illuminate aught but the moribund moths that swarm and dance in its sickened aura, themselves in a perverse mockery of the witch cults of old dancing about the corpse fires of Clonk. This streetlight is known on many occasions by the author's own testimony, and that of visitors taken to behold its odd behaviour, to actually go out as one passes, and thereby completely nullifying its very reason to exist. I have witnessed this on more than one occasion myself, and literally as I've walked there with someone else explaining to them that it was going to happen, and there we are, middle of the night, walking down a dark road, getting towards the only illuminated street lamp for miles, and probably within 30 metres or so, it just goes out and you're plunged into darkness until... You're about 30 metres past it, and then it comes on again. There we go. Happens pretty much every time. But it is not the street lamp which attracts our fluttering attentions. Here, at the top of Valangy, stands a quaint stone cottage. And this seemingly calm and quiet dwelling hides a history so unpleasant and gruesome that to admit it from this meticulous tome of cryptotheology would constitute a severe disservice to both the island and the departed inhabitants whose souls fester within its granite tomb. Now, while we have been unable to validate this tale or contact living eyewitnesses, the legend is so well known amongst the island folk that we have been able to piece together what we believe is an accurate recounting of the happenings. Here we go. Once a year, on a cold morning in February, a woman, clad in a nightgown slaked with blood from an unknown source, emerges from the heavy wooden door and utters a shrill scream that pierces the chill morning, shattering the tranquil atmosphere. From the door she runs, with bloodied hands upraised, down the treacherous slopes of Thalangy. Some variants of the tale suggest that she was the ghost of a midwife driven mad, having just aided in the birth of a changeling demon child. This version of the tale explores another popular paranoid myth on the island, involving an infernal deal to acquire a child. This myth describes a, a situation where any childless woman of age could, if she had turned her back on the Lord, throw a small poppet of mixed local herbs into a fire and call on the fairies to grant her a child. At some point within a lunar month, following this highly unrecommended endeavour, the woman will find her house visited by a dark man, who will, through the employment of various charming words and subtle hypnotic gestures, impress himself upon her and, in a manner against the light of God, beget on her a child. This child would be able to live in both the human world and the fairy world. But, and here's the but, 
may actually find itself a pariah in each. Now we do actually have a footnote here. So jumping down to the footnote, it says, Our inquiries have revealed that since the occupation, no one has admitted to undertaking this practice. Quite understandable. And consequently, the exact concoction has been lost. However, one recipe remembered by an elderly lady who claimed she had actually been conceived through the process stated that the ingredients consisted of five different plants, one from each region of the island. And these included gorse flowers, tannis root, adder's tongue, witch's grass, and agrimony. There we go. In another account, the spectre is a farmer's wife who had just killed her husband or a sweetheart, following a tragic lover's misunderstanding. In that tale, she then killed herself at sunset on the same day. One older fella told us his version of the story, saying that she was a witch who went from house to house, stealing the newborn babies of those families that had crossed her, only for her to be set up by the townsfolk one morning in spring, whereon she fled, bloodied, and throwing herself into the sea at Bray Bay, was never seen again. Obviously, this claim of having never been seen again is completely contradicted by the yearly vision of a ghost, but there we go. He referred to the witch as the Grey Lady, although it is clearly not the famous standing stone of the same name that remains vigilant behind the back of the airport. However, it may be that the term Grey Lady was generally attached to singular standing stones, as records do seem to indicate that another stone stood down near Bray Common and was referred to as the Bray Lady. But there we go. Despite all of the differences, one clue persists. According to the legend, she appears once a year on an unknown still and calm morning in February. Whilst our extensive labours in the field of the paranormal have disallowed us the opportunity to witness this alleged apparition for ourselves, this case remains wide open and we would appreciate any further information that individuals may wish to provide, whether it be through academic research or personal experience. There we go. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Alderney the Devil's Rock this week. We hope you found today's episode informative, entertaining and maybe a little unsettling. If you have any information related to today's topic, some special insight or fragment of island lore, or you have a specific tale of Alderney weirdness, we would love to hear from you. Email us at oldenythedevilsrock at gmail.com with your story and we may feature it on some future episode. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us reach more listeners. You can also support us on Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Ulysses Black, or one word. For updates and behind-the-scenes content, um, and probably some images and stuff, the episodes are all still going to be free, but if you want to support the project financially, there is that opportunity there too. 
So that about wraps it up for this week. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for more spooky thrills from The Devil's Rock.